I, I, I don't know what you're talking about. Good morning, good evening, or good afternoon, and thank you so much for downloading Monkeys Took My Jetpack issue number 84. It's been a long time, but there's a good reason for that. It was because we didn't know what was going to happen. We kind of had a lot of upheaval. It's been sorted out, but uh, we almost did not have a podcast because I didn't know what I wanted to do. One of the things I've really missed over the last few years was feedback that came from you guys that was pertinent to what we were playing at the time. And that hasn't happened since we started posting the Dresden Files game, which was... I don't even want to know what year that was. I'd have to go back and think about it. But in the meantime, games were being played, and any feedback we got from y'all was for stuff that had happened long ago. And so while it was great to hear, it didn't have any influence on what was going on in... Well, I was going to say it in the real world, but we're talking about gaming here. So in the real gaming world, I guess. In the world of our gaming, not in the world of the game, if that makes any sense. Anyway, the point being, I have missed pertinent feedback. I've missed having a session, recording the session, putting it out there, and having feedback for it by our next session, or at the very most, two or three sessions from that point. So we could actually... Sometimes you guys gave us ideas to work with in Zoe and things like that. We would read something in feedback and think, Oh, that's not a bad... I wish we had thought of that. And we could actually do something about it. Whereas in Dresden, y'all had some awesome ideas about what might be going on at the heart of things. And I remember a couple times reading some of it and thinking, Wow, I really wish we had thought of that while we were playing the game. So it was decided that we were going to wait to start podcasting until we had a new thing started that we could actually just go live with or as close to live as possible. And that way we can get that feedback that means something in the grand scheme of the adventure that we're currently playing. So that's what we've done. We are starting a new campaign in this session. The game is called Blue Rose, and it features Trilobite as our awesome narrator, and then we have yours truly, Blind Geek, playing Grar, a rye bear. In the Blue Rose universe, Raiden are animals who have telepathic abilities. They're not anthropomorphic, they're ostensibly the animals themselves, just like any other animal, except for the fact that they can communicate telepathically. And they may have other psychic arcanum as well. My rye bear does not, at least not so far. He just has the ability to communicate telepathically, and that's okay. That's perfectly fine with me. I don't like dealing with the bookkeeping that being a magic user usually entails. So, my character is a big bear. Actually, now that I think about it, he's a rather small bear, but he's still pretty big, relatively speaking. And Moondog is playing Lokai Sinclair, who is a plainsman in the forest of an area whose name escapes me but is at the beginning of the session so we're just gonna not worry about that (laughs) but we are members of Sovereign's Finest and we are patrolling in and around the city of Aldis which is the city of the Blue Rose essentially stopping any trouble that's happening we're kind of the cops in a way but more than that we are also diplomats we We do what needs to be done to keep the peace and tranquility in and around Aldis. So, that's about all you need to know going in. 
because quite frankly, that's about all we knew going in. So let's get to it. Without further ado, grab a cup, bottle, glass, or can of your favorite beverage. Sit back, relax, and enjoy Monkeys Took My Jetpack, issue number 84, Ghost Chasers. been traveling through the frontier, which is a region between the deep forest of the Pavan Weald, home to both of your characters, most likely. Yep. Certainly, Moondog, your character. Let me get your character's name again. Lokai. That's right. Sinclair. So Lokai, as I recall, you are from the Pavan Weald, which is a huge expanse of old growth forest, right. like they have in fairy tales, the dark kind of forest that European fairy tales warn us about because they are primeval and dangerous places. They are not the domain of man. That's the Pavin Weald. And not very far from there are the Icebinder Mountains, which are a high, rugged set of mountains that are the primary barrier between your kingdom, and that of the Lich King. They're tall, they're rugged, they're beautiful, but it's another place you don't want to go into because they're beautiful because of big sweeping upslopes and permanent snow caps and the storms that brew there. You don't actually want to be in those mountains. Now, one of those places is the most likely home for your character, Blanky. Let me get your character's name again. Grar, Grar. was it? Yep. Okay. So, do you reckon you would call the Pavin Weald your home or the Icebinder Mountains? I'm going to say Pavin Weald because that was my original thought. Yeah. Before. And that would make sense for maybe how your characters met. Yeah. So, between those two areas is a place called the Frontier which technically is part of Aldus, your kingdom. But to most citizens, it's a like unimaginably dangerous and distant land. Okay. You know from your briefing that you received before being assigned to what is called ranger duty out here, that some parts of it are still blighted by the dark sorceries of the last war, there are monsters, some remaining from the last war, having been brewed up by the Lich Kings of Kern, some of them having been slipped over the border. Kernish raids, that's the kingdom of the Lip of the Lich King. The Lip King, I think, would be the lead singer from Oh no, shit, I forgot his name. Mick Jagger. That would be the Lip oh. King. <laughs> this is the domain of the Lich King, pardon yes. me. Plus, it's just remote, and those mountains brew up a lot of storms and send them down this way. Okay. So you've been assigned to ranging duty out here, and uh, you've been traveling through here for about a month. It's mostly been enjoyable, fairly pleasant. You've met a lot of isolated, hardworking, honest people who are proud to have members of the Sovereign's Finest in their village, their villages often are hovels of five or six huts, maybe that many families, but 
they are very welcoming and insist on sharing what little they have. Since we're in the forest, I may be mistaken in my ignorance as a city dweller, but there aren't many lakes or rivers in forests, are there? Well, there got to be there, something because people yeah, there definitely can be water. So there has to be something. Depending on the region, there could be just as many as you would expect to find on broad, sweeping, beautiful plains. Okay. Because, you know, bear got to eat. Fish got to swim. And those two, yes, go very well together. And birds got to fly, but they don't last Last long long if they try. try. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) So you were assigned this duty by Cord Mangrim also a member of the Sovereign's Finest, at 34, quite possibly an unimaginably old man to your characters. (laughs) He'd been doing what you'd been doing for several years and now has a position at the palace where he acts as head instructor. He was your head instructor. And then also as the interface between the palace and particularly the newer members of these sovereign guards, such as yourself. So he would be your point of contact if and when you guys get back to Aldous proper, as it were. You were assigned this duty by Cord Mangrim for a reason. So um, my question is, what special skill or what special ability do you contribute to ranger duty on the frontier? That involves traveling everywhere, solving all the problems you come across, and also making maps and reports on the region, because it's still largely unmapped. Well, my acute sense of smell can identify Mm -hmm. various flora and fauna that could be used to identify certain regions. That's perfect. And then, Lokai, I remember you had mentioned scouting in general. What did you have in mind in particular? Why is Lokai a particularly good scout? Because he's got a really good memory, and he doesn't have to draw maps. He just remembers places. Mm -hmm. And then he will give the information to map makers. So he has a really good memory, and well, that's pretty much it. He likes to travel. So you have to make some kind of record as part of your survey duties. So how are you guys doing that? That's on you, Lokai. I'm not really very well equipped. (laughs) Um, I would say I have a journal. Okay. I take some notes and draw a picture. Yeah, and the memory not... part comes in when I do that, like at camp, at night, and things like that. You may not consider yourself a map maker, but it sounds like you can take notes, make sketches, and then maybe you'll transcribe those or give that over to cartographers later. Exactly. Okay. Yep. Yeah. So it's a cool, stormy spring that has begun to transform into a muggy, stormy summer. This region is very often stormy, but you've already picked up a local saying, better storm than drought, because that's the other thing that can happen out here is when it doesn't rain. When there's no storms, then there's no rain. Right. And the local people would rather have the former than the latter. And that's something that they apply to just about everything. It's better to have too much of a good thing and all of the trouble that comes with it, and better to have trouble 
and the prospects of change and the interesting events that can come with it than to have nothing. So they are often a boisterous folk. And one of those was the Marquier Tian Bell. Uh, Marquier is a rank. They are the people who are out here on the frontier, the nobles who are given responsibility over sections of the borderlands. Tian Bell, he's got a fortified estate that's sort of the gateway between Aldous and the frontier. He hosted you and feasted you and gave you information and listened to your stories. And also, before you left, passed on one single fine, well-made thing that would be useful for your duties to each of you. So what did he give you? Uh, he gave me a light armor, chain mail, but with uh, mm-hmm. padding underneath so it wouldn't catch the hair. It's a gambazin, if you want the special term. Ah, I'll try to remember that five minutes from now. Um, no, it's fine. We so could also great. just say the padding. <laughs> and it is also of some sort of weave that allows breathing room. It's an armor that will protect me, but will not be super uncomfortable for a bear who is not used to wearing armor. Oh, okay. So then, yeah, it would be probably a little bit strange. Right. But armor, if it's well made, and this would have to be custom fitted and made by yeah. a master smith, armor, if it's well made, is surprisingly comfortable. That's what I've heard. Yeah, it's like wearing a set of very heavy clothing. Obviously, you notice some of the weight, but not that much. Right. So, yeah, you've got a nice set of finely made armor. What about you, Lokai? I'm going to go with a special bow made from the hardest wood known to man. Excellent. So you have an ironwood bow. And how strong is your character? Strength. Oh, that's one of my weakest areas. That's going to take some work to get up to where you can draw it because it is a flexible wood, but it is incredibly hard. So you are going to have to build up. You can still draw it. It's just going to take time and effort and you won't be able to do rapid fire with it at present. Makes sense. But... If you can work up the muscles and everything, get up to a certain stat, and I'll look at that and determine something later, then that will give you some extra bonus damage and the like. Yeah, yeah makes sense to me. And we'll figure out some of the stats on like that later. Yep. So uh, you uh, just came from Evergreen, well, a tiny little collection of hovels, uh, about a dozen people, desperately poor, but insistent on sharing what little they have with any traveler or visitor, much less the sovereign's finest, and so proud that you came to their town, their tiny collection of hovels by the side of a river. And they told you about a place called the Tanglewood. This is a region more in the of the frontier. It's a dense forest that at least once a generation is hit especially hard by the storms that swoop down from the Icebinder Mountains and often by wildfires, 
which makes it into a labyrinth of dead wood and storm-carved gullies and is the repository for every dark legend and boogeyman and curse that they have stories about. It's not on any of your maps. It's not a region that had been mentioned by anyone in anything you've heard about the frontier. So you have elected, it being your duty as rangers of the Sovereign's Finest, to uh, move into it. A decision that you perhaps uh, regretted almost immediately. Because uh, you've been struggling through this unforgiving terrain for two days. So it's just gully after gully. There's no level ground. You're either hiking down a muddy root tangled slope into a fast flowing stony brook or you're hiking up a slope so that you can get to the precipitous top of it where there's no room because it's all trees or fallen trees and both and then down into the next one it's foggy the forest drips constantly it's no less muggy but uh, much less hot, so it's chilly. And uh, now, on the, like your second day, you've come across a road. And of course, almost the second you find a road, rain begins to intensify, thunder is rumbling in the distance, the wind is picking up, and a very bad storm is on its way. You uh. have just come across a large tree, which has fallen across this obviously maintained road. Barring your way, a storm is coming in. There's forest all around you, a river on one side, and this tree has fallen across the road. It's big, I should mention. What we think of as trees are really young trees. These trees out here are the kind that are big enough for a crew of 30 lumberjacks to link hands and stand around. Okay, question. Yo. With my strength of six, can I potentially move this thing? You could give it a shot. What do you do? Uh, I, I should tell you, it doesn't immediately look, you know, to a person experienced in the world, like with a real brain who's there. It doesn't immediately look impossible. But think of it as a very, very, very big, very, very heavy thing, even with a strength of six. Okay. What do you guys do? Well, I think for the first day of, or so of this, I've been pretty easy going, but conditions are starting to make me, if you'll pardon the expression, Moondog, a very grumpy bear. So I'm starting to make not necessarily telepathic comments, but I picture bear grumbles going on. And I don't know how we want to do our telepathic bond, whether it's sentences or yeah it's just like conversation okay i can't believe we have to so i come upon this big tree and my first reaction is really oh geez yeah you just found a road so i am going to grab it and see if i can drag it out of the way trying to pull it toward you you uh get a grip give me a roll here okay now, you remember how this system works, 3D6. And I've got no doubles, so I add them all together, 21, including my strength. All right. You uh, get a grip, sinking your claws into it. The 
claws on your rear feet dig into the earth and you give a mighty strain and this great tree shifts very slightly. Oh. If, you, if you keep this up, you can move it, but it's going to be minutes of effort. Well, you started. Let's see you flex your big muscles and finish the job. Uh, you know, uh, a little help. Well, that's what I'd be giving you as a little help. Um, I think yeah, what does Lokai do? Are you just keeping watch while he does this, or... Um, no, I'm pretty much watching him. <laughs> okay, very good. So it's very dark now as it's night, and thick boiling storm clouds had blotted out what little starlight there was, like making their way through the cloud cover is just gone. So it's just black, with the exception of the occasional flash of lightning, Growing closer and closer, the lightning growing to deafening levels, revealing a strobe flash of scene as water streaming off of his armor. The river where uh, the tree has fallen into it, like starting to rise up, it's higher every time there's a flash jumping up, is beginning to wash over the road. Give me one more roll here, Blind Geek. You're going to move this tree, but how fast is it going to be done? Will it be before the road floods? Well, come uh, on, we don't have all day. That river's been really hot. 18 this time. So, you uh, continue pulling. The tree is very, very slowly sliding. I don't know if you have ever been moving something that's absolutely at the limits of your strength, where it feels like nothing's happening. It feels like your strength is making no difference. Yep, yep. But the thing is, in fact, gradually moving. However, you hear, because you're just like, you're up against this ancient tree has fallen over. And Lokai, you can see, though you feel it first when the water laps over your thankfully waterproof traveling boots, that the river has breached its banks and risen up over the raised section of road here and is now washing over the road. It is rapidly getting deeper. Well, I'm a weakling, but I will go over and start helping to push or pull. He's pulling. Yeah, if, if you want to pull this thing, you'd have to get some sort of grip on it. And it's a huge column, also covered in rain-soaked wood and moss. Pushing it would require getting over on the other side. Is the yeah, river... I'm going to look at him and say, why didn't you d- decide to push? That would have been easier, you doofus. Just do what you got to do. Hurry up. I can push your... Should we dam up? Can we? The tree is part of what's damming up the river here. That's why it's flooding like this. Okay, so, oh, so moving the tree is actually going to keep the river from going into the road. But okay. now the river is uh, loci, mostly. You're noticing this because it's like people pulling insistently at your feet and ankles and now up to like mid-calf and it's strong enough that you're having to shift your footing and counter its force, pulling and plucking at you with cold, clammy hands. Can I jump up on this tree, or is it too far of a jump? It's big, but you could climb up on it, sure. 
Um, can I jump on the bear's back and then climb up? Up to him. Oh, no, it's not up to him if I decide to do okay. it. <laughs> <laughs> no fish for you. So with Grar's help, you uh, climb up, and that puts you like halfway up the curve of the tree. And from there, it's a slippery scramble, but you can get up on top of the tree. Are you trying to get down on the other side? Well, I want to look at this flowing river coming our way. In the flashing darkness, you get little strobe flashes. You can see a strong current moving along. It's flowing in the direction you guys have been traveling. You can see it is swollen on the far side, but nowhere near what it is here on the near side. Grar's efforts have dragged part of the tangle of roots out of the current. So that's formed a waterfall and whirlpool combination over on the other side that's scouring the bank over there. The, uh, River is black and coated in a thick, muddy foam. Uh, you can see smaller debris washing down this way, getting tangled in those roots. And that's a big part of what has formed this dam here. Brush and branches and smaller fragments of dead tree. I'm going to jump down and start pushing. I do want to so, let you know, I can see when it's not lightning because I have dark sight. Yes, thank you. How far does that go? 30 yards. Okay. So it's still stark impressions uh, with momentary fluttering ghosts afterward as your eyes adjust, but you can see much better than one might expect in these conditions. Though pushing over on the other side, I'll give you, because you're over on that side, so you're no longer in danger of being swept away. Grar, because you're so much bigger and heavier and stronger, I'll give you guys one more attempt before you have to start fighting floodwaters to try to move this thing out of the way. Go ahead and give me another roll, and I'll let you add... Hmm, your strength is six, right, Lokai? No, eight. Five eight. Zero. Okay, then I'll let you add two to that. Okay, um, his roll or? Two for Grar's roll. Perfect, I'll add two to your roll, sir. All right, I got, ooh, double fives, which gives me five stunt points. Mark uh, down. 16 on the dice, plus six of my strength is 22, plus two is 24. With a great roar? Like, what is it when you're straining to your utmost in order to save your own life? Is that a case where Grar would roar? Oh, hell yeah. Or is this silent, intense effort? No, he... Yeah. You... Uh, you it can be heard for miles. The mass of the tree upward by like five inches on this end, clearing part of the root tangle to get it up on the bank, there's a crash as the water dammed up behind there goes pouring over the rest of the root tangle, shooting out through the gap, carving what will be a new pond after this flood is over on the hmm. far side before the whole thing crashes down as loudly as the lightning had. And the water, which had been up to your shoulders and beginning to pull at you, splashing up into your mouth and nose, begins to gradually recede. Next time, 
axe. I should point out that this thing is taller than, well, I don't know how big your house is, but it would be up past your ceiling. Wow. Just the width of it. It's a big ass tree. Yeah. These are (laughs) proper trees. (laughs) They're redwoods. (laughs) Yep. Do bears climb? Well, no, they're too big to climb. Well, no, not these kind of trees. Not with these kind of trees. Yeah. Bears absolutely can and do climb trees. So I kind of look at it longingly for a second. And then my tiredness from the effort takes over. And I'm just like, oh, oh. I put my head on my paws and just sort of take well, deep. Well, we got another couple hours of running. Let's go. <laughs> okay, this one time we'll stop early. I hold up my claws like, really? Really? <laughs> So you're still out in the open on a road in a storm that is brewing up fierce. The wind has built up to gale force wind and it's driving thick walls of rain. Uh, Let me look for a place that we could shelter the storm. Maybe a extremely large tree branch that we could be under or a rock formation. Gee, if we, only there was some big tree that could give us some shelter. Well, this yeah, I don't feel like being in this muck. I want to find a place that maybe I could dry some of my clothes. What's wrong with muck? Anyway. Actually, I say that in his mind, what's wrong with muck? And then every animal with fur, I would mm-hmm. imagine, has to yeah. shake themselves. Yep, bears, in fact, <laughs> also do that. So I do that, making sure some of that flies his way you scarcely notice the extra mud which is like (laughs) sluiced from you almost immediately it's raining so hard that it's turning your face into the shower at full blast (laughs) where it can be hard to breathe we need to find some place to shelter now so moving into a bath woods it sounds like if you want to go look around for somewhere to uh, i want to move in woods i don't want to be on the road yeah so, give me a perception check here. Okay. Now, I've never played this game. What do I roll? You're going to roll 3d6. That's what I thought. And then add my... And then you'll add your stat. And then that's against a difficulty that I secretly determine. Right. And well, one of your... I'm, I'm just Sorry. not announcing the numbers because it's more interesting. And yes, go on, Blanky. One of your dice needs to be a different color because it's your drama die. If you roll doubles with any of your dice, your drama die is what determines how many stun points you get. I get two fives. And the, what did you call that other die? The, the drama die. The drama die, I get, God, I got a five. Okay, so that'll give you a grand total of 15. 17 with the perception bonus. Excellent. And then that also would generate stunt points for you, which you can use for some of your skills and abilities. But don't worry about that too much right now. Do we keep track of these or do they go away at the end of the scene? Or Right now, don't worry about tracking them Not worrying or about anything it. like that. Yeah, yep. so that'll 17. come up and... Okay. You move into the woods because you thought you had espied the sign of a trail. Like worn down area, obviously overgrown, but you were correct. Just off the road here is a traveling lodge. This is an old Aldis thing, uh, something you don't see in modern Aldis anymore. But at one point in the kingdom's history, these were built by the hundred 
along roads spaced every so often. It's a sturdy stone structure, a sloped roof, um, overhang in front of sturdy, well-fit wooden doors supported by pillars bearing the crest of the stag, the sign of Aldis. And uh, while this one is all overgrown and mossy, it's going to at least provide some shelter and should have a fireplace. It might even still have some firewood stacked in there. Hey, girl. I run back real quick and I say, do you think you could walk a short distance that I got shelter for us? I'm not even sure you have to run back. I don't know what the range is for our telepathy. I'm going to put that as like the range of normal conversation until it becomes important. I would come back because I would want you to follow me there. So I wouldn't have to describe everything to you. I had not thought of that. Okay. Yeah. Just trying to save you some energy. Come on, big bear. I got a place that might be warm and might be able to start a fire, I hope. Big cave? Uh, no, just a shelter. It's it's good size, but it's not a cave. Come on. All right. He follows you kind of slowly, but, you know, with his big paws and everything, it doesn't... It's okay. Not much farther. Good. Just keep going just a little farther and we can rest. And I'll continue to coax him until we get there. That's what I found. It's an old traveling lodge. Remember, we were taught this in the academy, that they're spaced out every so often for travelers and other, I don't know, rangers, and that we have a shelter, there might be a fireplace. Remember that? Remember that, Grar? I think I was thinking of fish. Well, there is a river back there. If you want to go play with it, go ahead. (laughs) It's doing really good. After nap. After nap. Fair enough. Let's get in there and see what we can do. I just, I just can't picture a big bear speaking in complete sentences unless absolutely necessary. This, it this works whole... for me. I like it. <laughs> okay. So, yeah, we go into this shelter, and it's mm. probably very cramped for him, but that's okay. It's not too bad, actually. This place is designed to support a wagon team, if need be. Oh, okay. So, you're moving in, it is like a good size cave, like a cave of the proper size. <laughs> good cave. Well, I'm going to guess that you want first sleep, and I have to watch first watch. Just go lay down. Good, good I'll wake idea. you up in, you know, a few hours, and while you're sleeping, I'll try to get a fire going. Okay. Well-fitted, solid stone keeps out the rain. You can hear it outside. Nothing could change that. But the storm is somewhat muffled. The door, made of thick, solid wood, uh, still fits well. I mean, it's a little swollen and off-kilter, but the craftsmanship with which this was created has borne the test of time. So that closes solidly and keeps out the wind, though it rattles in the frame. And there is, in fact, a stack of firewood in here. It's low. There's not very much, but it's there. And this place even has some house banners showing the noble house whose responsibility it is to maintain this. That means there's a uh, noble family in the region, or at least this is the territory of some noble family. That would make sense also, given that the road was at least partially maintained. So somebody is out here. 
Yeah. Do I recognize the symbol? Do you have any special skills in that area? You know, being a backwoodsman, I have no clue. <laughs> I don't get into those politics things. <laughs> I have natural lore, which I don't think is going to do it. No. This is more man-made lore. But you would know at least most of the major noble houses, and this isn't one of those. That would also make sense, given that this whole region, the Tanglewood, you'd never heard of this. It wasn't on any of your maps. And, well, given what you've gone through to get here, the presence of a road, much less a possibly active noble house, is uh, something of a surprise. Gotcha. Well... He's going to lay down and sleep, but I'm going to start the fire if I can. Yeah. Good, well-seasoned well, wood. It's been, yep. Yep, it's been you're, you're talking. sitting in here, and so it's dry. I'm going to grab some of the wood and put it in the fireplace and get out my flint and steel and quickly start a fire. As soon as yeah. I got it going pretty good, I'm going to sit down, uh, not too close to the bear, because he's all covered in muck, and I'm not a big fan of that. <laughs> um, and I'm going to pull out my journal and I'm going to start making notes of our trip. And He's also probably snoring quite loudly. Or I roll you back over onto your stomach or whatever. <laughs> I don't have the strength to do that. No. <laughs> but you could maybe, I don't know, maybe you guys have a system that you've worked out over time where you just nudge him with your, your boot and he rolls over. Yeah, I won't do such a nice nudge though. No. Um, yeah, we have something like that. I nudge him and he rolls over and I go back to my journal and I'm taking notes and, you know, these trees that we've seen, they're larger than most trees we've seen in our life, correct? No, the Pavan Weald would be full of stuff like this also. Okay. Okay. Very good. So, yep. And after a while, I'll start to get tired and stay awake for a few hours and then I will wake my big bear friend and it's your turn to watch. Get up, grumpy Watch or go get breakfast. It depends. If you can go get breakfast within sight of this place, then you can do both. If you can't, then you need to wait until I get a couple hours of sleep, and then you can go get breakfast. Still just the steady roar of rain pouring down. don't want to go out there right now anyway. The rattling of the door and uh, the howling of wood outside. The crash of thunder, like explosions. And he hears one of the big <laughs> from the thunder's stain cave. Okay, good. You're not a scary cat of thunder and lightning, are you? Stain cave. Stain cave, good, good. So go over by the fire, warm up, and keep an eye for anything that enters and let me know if anything getting smells or anything and i'll go take out my bedroll and i'll crash i would like to be unique and my snoring is louder than his <laughs> <laughs> yeah i picture his snoring as more of a rumble than a kind of yeah, thing that also i'm watching sense. him because when he's dreaming his little feet start moving and <laughs> well, for me it's a big but <laughs> <laughs> so how does grar pass the time well, that's a I don't know. there's a fire it's getting low but i would imagine lokai as an experienced woodsman you've probably like have banked it and it's like nice warm coals basically yeah i'm just going to kind of meditate 
and be as one with the raging storm, mm-hmm. especially as a rye bear, probably very tuned into stuff like that. I think animals in general are tuned into stuff like that. And I'll just watch. And I'll kind of merge in a way, almost leaving behind a sense of self. Yeah. And merging in a way with not so much the fury, but just the energy of the storm. Yes. It doesn't have an emotion to it like people might ascribe to it. It's just a tremendous energy moving through this region. Right. And I think that's how animals can become alert so quick when something strange happens and they're like, what? Because they've been merged with the energy of what is at that moment. And when something changes, it's like, oh, that's not right. So yeah, that's kind of his way of keeping watch. And you feel a difference before you see a faint light, like moonlight, but it doesn't behave the way moonlight does, coming in underneath the door. Something different, not necessarily threatening, but different is approaching. May I make a smell roll to see if I can... Absolutely. Okay, perception is three, and I believe focus gives me plus two on top of that. I did get doubles. That's nine on the dice, so that's 12, and then 14 with my focus, and two stunt points that we're not really worrying about right now. You smell a person. It's a human woman. She does not smell like the rain and storm. She smells as if she's indoors. Uh, She's wearing fine fabrics and bears the scent of a large and active and happy home. People have different scents depending on their emotions, especially if it's over a long period of time. Mm -hmm. And uh, she smells like she's been spending time in a happy household with um, a large number of people doing different jobs because you can smell faint traces of different people. Like a cook smells different from someone who's doing the wash who smells different from someone who's doing maintenance work on the roof, you know? Right, right. And there's faint traces of all of that on her. Very distinctly, she's wearing some kind of perfume, one of the artificial scents that a lot of humans like to wear. And you recognize this scent because this is sometimes called mountain sunset or sometimes called uh, mountain memory depending on who is talking about it. But it's an ever-blooming plant whenever the conditions are right. Like if it's a little bit warm and there's been some rain recently, these beautiful white flowers will spring up all along slopes that are even somewhat rocky. And then they're usually gone again the next day. Oh, wow. Okay. And she's wearing a perfume made with that scent. But I should point out, she doesn't smell like she's been out in the rain or in the storm. Also, there is a faint glow as of moonlight, and she and that light are approaching the door. Okay. Logan, wake up. The telepathic is insistent, but the grunt is fairly quiet. What do you want? (laughs) <laughs> Female. 
approaching. Female. Approaching. How do you know it's a female? Smell. You catch the light coming in uh, under and around the door. Um, Not in memory. Hmm. Let's be prepared in case it's something we'd have to deal with, but do not show your fangs or your claws unless you need to defend yourself. We're in somebody else's territory. Okay. And we'll wait till she opens the door. She opens the door, or at least makes the gesture of doing so, and steps through, but the door itself does not open. Instead, she steps through the door, holding her hand up to push it aside, peering in, but she, translucent and softly glowing, as if she is in fog and moonlight, uh, steps in. A, A woman of delicate build, refined features, porcelain like skin a very, very pale tone, high cheekbones. She's wearing like rouge and lipstick, eyeshadow. I mean, it's subtle, but it's a full set of makeup. Um, An outdated formal dress, a necklace, a beautiful sapphire and silver necklace, hair done up in an elaborate style that you see in older paintings, and a, a dazzler, which is... Wait, do you guys know what a dazzler is? Nope. No. Okay, it's a very small hat that is meant mostly to be, like, clipped to the hair and often has um, decoration attached to it. Okay. This is a real thing in our world. Hmm. And it's something, again, you see mostly on old women in Aldous. And uh, she moves but as she's if... Not- an old woman. Is, is that no, a, she is okay. a, a young woman, maybe in her mid-twenties. She steps through the door, moves in, and then stops, puts her hand up. That's another old lady gesture. Like, oh, I'm so sorry. Like, puts her hand up to her mouth and looks at the two of you with wide, dark eyes. My lady? Female. You can faintly see the door behind her. As I mentioned, she is glowing as if she is in a beam of moonlight on a foggy night. And Gurr's head, I'm going to say, you see her too. Female. I'm going to take that as a yes. (laughs) Uh, Who are you? Do you understand me? looks at you quizzically then looks at Grar as well. And uh, she curtsies as though she has uh, interrupted something, uh, gives a soft smile and uh, turns to leave. Oh, no, wait. She uh, stops, looks back, and then looks off toward the northwest, a look of concern clouding her face, uh, looks back to you, gives another quick curtsy, giving a very polite excusing of herself, and then uh, uh, picking up her skirts, hurries off at a dignified fast walk, disappearing through the wood of the door. Uh, She was quite beautiful. Found you, mate. No, no, no. No, I'm not even considering that right now. Yeah, mate. No, no, no. 
I'd have to get rid of you first, and that isn't going to happen for a long time. Oh. She might not like you. Everybody also, she's, me. you know, translucent and transparent. Might have something to do with it, too. Um, well, I don't think we're going to get much sleep anymore. Uh, maybe you should go out fishing, hunting. How do you like me to say it? Follow. I... Oh, you want me to follow the woman or us? Probably you. Um, I'm not going to leave you here by yourself. I'll go fish. Okay. You well, find mates. Party, but okay. I'll open the door and see if I can look out and see her. Uh, you can't see her because of the thick woods, but you can see the glow moving away. I'll move that way then toward her. I'll move at a brisk pace, but I'm not going to run or bolt. She's not moving especially fast either. Uh, moving on foot and in shoes that are more appropriate for a ballroom than the woods. But she is following this trail that leads to this traveling lodge. It looks like it leads deeper into the forest off to the northwest. And although it's overgrown and parts of it are washed out or there's debris, she passes through it and follows a straighter course sometimes even slightly off the ground. Okay. I'm going to keep a good distance, maybe 20 yards behind. I'm not going to get too close. Follow her, kind of match her pace as much as I can. Gotcha. Just continue to go up that trail. You move on through the storm, surrounded by thunder and lightning and uh, wind whipping the trees, the dead branches that are all over this region. A deadfall. Do you guys know what a deadfall is? Hmm. I used to, but it's eluding me at the moment. Okay. So, go ahead. When trees get hit by a storm, often branches blow off. Sometimes, like the whole crown of a tree or uh, trees will be almost denuded by a storm. You've probably Hmm. come across that after a storm. So, picture that um, happening through a whole forest. And no one ever comes by to clean it up because there isn't a Department of Sanitation in the woods. And then imagine that happening over like uh, the course of decades happening again and again. So it's these thick brambles, almost like a medieval fortification, keeping people out. And that's what you're having to push through and move through to keep up with her. Thankfully, she's not moving too fast. And then suddenly breaks out into the open. You're looking at tended fields and a manor house in the distance. And she's moving towards that. Several windows glow with light, as does the front porch. It's a manor house. In fact, it's a whole collection of buildings here. Wow. She sweeps across that onto the road. Ah, that must be the connection to the road you were following. Onto the road that leads up to the manor house and then dissolves like the moonlit mist she appears to be. How many floors? Three-story house. So so it's big. Yeah, it looks like it. Probably a barn. Not just a barn. There's stables over there. And there's several farm outbuildings. You can see pens, like several pens, uh, for different animals with their own houses as well. 
I'm going to imagine that there's a, uh, a forge somewhere, you know, uh, that makes horseshoes and probably though you don't see it from here it would fit in if they've got a stable and multiple paddocks and well a large house made of stone like that one um i'm gonna move closer to the stable i just want to see if there's anything like any translucent horses okay so you're moving across the fields here and uh grar in the meantime you're fishing what skills or abilities do you have for fishing? I don't know that I have any. I just was thinking overall bareness. Um, let's see. <laughs> In fact, I was going to say, I to me, we don't even necessarily need to role play the fishing because it's just what bears do, unless there's yeah. something eventful that has that happens. Well, um, well, the issue is that you're in a storm. And right. a river that is threatening to flood. So, okay. like, what's your approach? Hmm. Or were you just telling him that so that he would feel okay about leaving you? No, I was going to do it because I want to have something to eat soon. And I figure I can get that while he's off following the female who I am just razzing him by calling his mate. <laughs> <laughs> and I also figure it'd be nice to get out of this cave and back into, I mean, even stormy nature is still nature. My thinking was to kind of stand by the river and see if I can catch anything as it rushes by in the, uh, I certainly don't want to go out into the river because I'm going to get caught in the current and possibly, yeah. So just taking advantage of the flood here, you can just watch and dart your paws in at the occasional glint. Come to me, fish. Yeah, you're getting a whole bevy because it's just an out-of-control um, yeah. conveyor belt, basically. Yes. I'm just having the time of my life because I love to fish. And then uh, here, struggling, trying frantically to swim against the current and calling out in a braying voice of panic as it dips under and then comes clear of the river and lets out another bray. You see a stag. Oh, being swept your way. Now that is a mighty feast. Mm. It also is an animal in trouble. Yeah. So what do you do? I will push my fish off to the side. Okay, you just sweep them basically yeah, with yeah. one mighty with one mighty paw. <laughs> yep. And then I'm gonna get up, run over to the stag and try to help it out. The stag is in the river. Okay, I'm gonna have to go into the river then. There is also this big tree nearby, which is partially, like, its tangled roots and stuff are partially in the river, the one that you moved partway. Okay. That's not the GM telling you what to do. That's just, oh, yeah, don't forget that also. And how far off is the is the stag? Uh, coming rapidly this way, you have to make a decision now. Right. I'm just trying to decide whether it's better to just leap for him. Oh, you or... mean, I'm sorry, how far into the river is it? Right. Yeah, you could leap full body bear flop into the river <laughs> and reach it. Okay, I'll do that then. My my alternative was to climb on top of the tree and use it as a launch pad to leap into the river if he was further out. But uh, yeah, you could like... do that and possibly grab the stag. Okay, then yeah, I'll do that. Okay, give me a course i don't I have it. a climbing skill what kind of i i keep thinking i must have missed something in here 
No, no. A lot of those skills come with special backgrounds and stuff like that. But, you know, I'm taking into account that you are a bear. Yeah, this is going to be an accuracy test. Um, You've got built-in climbing pythons and you're (laughs) one million strong. So climbing this thing isn't that big a deal. And once you're on top of it, it's broader than some roads. So that's not hard. But grabbing this animal successfully, a struggling animal being swept down by a flood, that's an accuracy test. Okay, well, on the dice, I got 14 plus 2 for my accuracy makes it 16. Nice! So you uh, just, like, reach out and down and uh, grab this stag around the chest and shoulders. You've got it. It struggles for a moment, but then seems to understand something about you and relaxes allowing you to haul it up out of the river. Okay. I'll set it out of the river back onto its feet. Putting it on top of the tree or carrying it down onto the road on the far side? Carrying it down would be ideal. I don't know. That might be difficult. Yeah, that would be a little tough. More risky for you because you'd be able to control your fall than it would be for the stag. Right. Um, what the hell? Well... What's the, I mean, the alternative is to put him on top of the tree. I don't know that he could get down. It'd be a jump. And, you know, stags are capable of that kind of jump. But in the storm and the mud and the dark and it's exhausted. I'm going to try to, well, I'm not doing super great myself. Probably still tired from plugging that big tree. I'll try it. That's why you're taking a risk here. Yeah, I'll try it because, you know, risk. It's what we are built for. I can bear up under the pressure. Nope. So. <laughs> probably is, probably smart. Okay. Uh, uh, this is going to be a um, dexterity check. Okay. Dexterity is one. Oh, I really looking... wish we were using stunts because I got seven. Which yeah. My, do you have some stunts that apply total, here? My total is eight. I don't know. I don't have the whole list. That's one of my gripes about this game. I don't have a whole list of the stunts. I rolled doubles and I got three stunt points. Um, my total with my attribute is eight. So a stunt would come in really handy here. That's one that comes anything. along with the skills. So like if you had stunts, you would know it because you would, would have looked at the skill or ability or focus. Yeah, well, shit. Okay, well. All right, um, so what you got total? Eight. All right. So you are carrying this animal. It's a big stag. Right. So I don't know. You ever been around a horse? You ever touched a deer? Yep. I've uh, never touched a deer, but I have been around a horse. Okay. So imagine a very small horse. Not okay. a pony, but an adult horse who's small. That's about how big this thing is. Um, okay. You are roughly the same size okay you keep getting bigger in my mind because of your strength and bears are big in fact all animals are bigger than you think they are right you know this thing is uh almost the same size as you you can uh, feel the feverish warmth of it and you can actually feel its great beating heart hammering as it pulls its limbs in and like tucks against you for warmth 
uh, shivering and trusting you completely. So when you start to lose your grip and you realize you're not going to be able to get it back without dropping the animal, but you could control your fall, what do you do? I will fall and try to position myself so that he lands on top of me. You uh, land, you totally black out for a moment. <laughs> okay. So you, you come back with stars and a ringing in your ears um, and like a brief moment of amnesia. You remember where you are. You're uh, winded. Your back is sore, but like you can move everything and nothing feels permanent. Okay. Uh, do I take any health loss? No. All right. So I just struggle to my feet. Is the stag, is he still? The stag is standing on shaky legs, cold and exhausted, watching you with wise, knowing eyes. This is an old stag and he knows what you did and knows that you have saved him. That's enough you've already saved this creature's life, but you also can see how cold and tired it is. And the storm is just going on. If anything, it's going to get worse. I oh. <laughs> have to think like a bear. How the hell am I going to get him to follow me? I take off toward where the, where, well, where my fish are. Mm-hmm. And then gather I kind up of the fish, of course, gather up the fish. Priorities, oh, man. God damn it. That's over on the other side of the tree. You're going to have to climb back over the tree or go into the woods and go all the way around. I'll just climb over it. And as you reach the top of the tree, you see the stag like move off a couple of steps, like look back at you. It uh, bows its head and then (laughs) animals often look like they can recover from stuff because they're in survival mode all the time. Right. So just like summoning adrenaline, basically, moves off into the woods in several long, graceful bounds. Oh, okay. I was going to come back for it, but all right. Yeah. Good luck. It seems to have like understood quite a bit about the situation, but that may have like stretched the limits of that understanding. Yeah. Well, all right. I'm going to climb back over the tree then. And uh, taking your fish. Move back to the traveling lodge. Yep. Are you going to cook any of these fish for loci? Um, yeah, you know, I think hanging around humans, I have a pretty good idea. <laughs> this is a sitcom waiting to happen. I have a mm-hmm. pretty good idea of, uh, you know, he's got the fire going. He There's parts of the fish that I like that he doesn't. So we can, in cleaning the fish, all it takes yeah. is a nice claw swipe. And uh, I'll take the parts that he I'm assuming bears eat the whole. Oh yeah, yeah, chomp, chomp, chomp. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I will. Or sometimes my... slurp. Yeah. So I will eat my part, and then just flip the rest into the Onto fire. The coals there. Yep, yep. Yep. Just roll them over every so often with your <laughs> yeah. claw. Yep. Yep. <laughs> so I think very briefly. There's. Uh... Have you guys seen Brave? Yes. Brave. No. In Brave, it's strongly featured. A character turns into a bear, and it's a it's a whole thing. So, uh, <laughs> it's a fun movie. Someone I don't remember who I think it was a comedian tweeted about her daughter, who's like four or whatever. They watched this movie, and the, 
And the little girl was like, Mama turn in a bear? And she's like, Oh no, honey, don't don't worry. That's just a movie. And her daughter's face clouded and she said, Mama turn into bear, please. <laughs> <laughs> kid wasn't worried kid was she like, just, oh this would be so cool it would be so cool that's brilliant that's great mama turned in a bear please <laughs> <laughs> right so loci uh you step out of the woods into the field and uh that's the first thing that strikes you is this is field now a lot of farms have borders around them mm. with more natural crops or plants that are planted that like the bugs who normally eat these crops they prefer these plants so you just plant a border around them or there's stuff that drives off certain pests or is home to predators of whatever pests prey on these farms but this is a heterogeneous mix of weeds that you step into it is not a tended border and as you move through that and onto the fields they're not well plowed and they're starting to go fallow uh, in fact these out here are almost completely fallow there's some of the original crops here but uh, it's mostly various weeds and opportunistic plants. So it looks like it hasn't been cared to for a long time. Yeah, maybe a few seasons. So I'll keep moving toward the stables. And uh, as you, uh, you move closer, you can see the paddocks here. There's one that's obviously for pigs. There's one that's for goats. There's a couple of other paddocks here. Only one is still active. And uh, there's just a couple of pigs and a handful of goats all huddled up in one barn together in one of the paddocks. The others are not in use, and it doesn't look like they have been for some time. The house smells like wood smoke. As you're coming up, you have to go behind it between the stables and, aha, Yep, there's the smithy and stuff. You can smell and hear horses in the stables. And uh, there is a smithy behind it as well. Some windows are glowing and you can smell wood smoke pouring from it. You can see uh, one set of chimneys. There's several set of chimneys here. One set of chimneys is active, pouring smoke into the storm. I'm thinking to myself, did that lady bring me here for a purpose? Or did she even know I was following her? In case it wasn't clear, also, the goats, the pigs, uh, corporeal, not glowing, not translucent. They appear entirely mortal and um, more or less indifferent to the storm. Just kind of all sleeping in a pile. Interesting. Well, the horses are unhappy, but... Yeah, they're horses. What do you expect? Yeah. I really don't like going much further without the big guy with me. If I get into trouble, then I have no backup plan. Mm -hmm. So I've established that there are live animals on this farm mm -hmm. and there's nobody in the Smithy working. Is there? Nope. Looks like this place has been closed up, probably shuttered for the storm. Gotcha. Okay. I'm going to head back. 
All right. It's a, a much longer trip back alone. Uh, for some reason, you notice the lack, and that's because you realize it felt like you were traveling with someone when you were following this woman. And there's a difference between being on the road alone and being on the road with other people, even if you don't know them. And uh, you notice that. But uh, as you come back to the traveling lodge, ah, uh, there's the uh, smell of smoke and, ooh, cooking fish. Oh, boy, that bear takes care of me. I'll go in. Do I smell fish, bro? Fish. And you cooked it for me. Thank you. Fish. No, I won't kick you so hard. And I'll go over to the fire and take it out. And... Roughly cleaned. It's blackened, but, you know, a lot of fish are good. That's a cooking technique. It is a cooking technique. <laughs> Cajun style. Out. No, I don't say that. <laughs> Asian style. <laughs> Fine, mate. Um, yeah, I'm going to enjoy my food, and I'm going to say, girl, I followed that female something. Mate. No mate. No mate. And I, I found a, a manor house uh, with a farm with some animals. A lot of it hasn't been used, and the fields look like they haven't been used for a while, but there's glowing lights in the windows, and you know, the smithy looks like it's boarded up for the storm, and there's a bunch of pigs and other animals huddled in the corner, and horses. Horses. You love horses in the stables, and Yum. I think we should go investigate this manor house. I don't know if she led me there for a reason or what, but... She found mate. Mm, no, no mate. I like where you're going with that, but no, not right now. Let's just leave that alone for now. As he gets up, you would probably notice he gets a twinge in his back and goes, What's wrong there? Big fish. Big fish? Big enough to cause you back problems? Stag. Oh, not a fish. Uh, No fish. No fish. Back hurts pretty good. Yeah. I'm going to start warming my hands up. I think I can do something with this animism. I had to take stag over a tree. Very big fall. <laughs> I'm looking at his. What does it say? Knowledge and use of animism arcana may also apply to perception and or willpower. Nope. Doesn't look like it. I have healing, but that's for me, I think. I would say that would include at least basic medical knowledge and stuff. Okay. So I'll go over. Does it look like it's been cut open in any way or just maybe a sore muscle? Looks like it's just a bad bruise. Okay. Well, there's not a lot I can do for that. Unfortunately, it's just going to have to heal. But I got... Taking back fish. What? Well, go cut your back. I can help you with that more. I'll take out this... I'm pretty good at nature lore or natural yeah. lore. I would like to have a plant on me that maybe if I have a salve or something that we'll put on, it will help Absolutely. the muscle not be so tight and help with the healing. I'm going to rule that half of that is just the fact that you have to massage it into the fur. That's half of what does the trick. For the bear? Yes. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but then the other half is absolutely, this is some sort of pain relief and analgesic, like it's going to reduce some of the swelling and everything else. Yeah. That should help you some. Does that feel better? Mm. Yes. 
Thank you. Oh, good. Should we wait a while? No. Slept or can we go now? Go now. The trip is not going to be easy for you, my friend. There's a lot of areas that we have to push through brush and tangle wood and trees that have been hit by lightning over time. And it's just a mess. So you may have some scratches and things, but I'll try to heal them the best that I can. Okay. Okay. Let's go. Are you guys following that same trail? I'm not going to try a different route. I'm going to go the same route. In that case, you can slip through a lot of that stuff. And Grar, because it's a trail, it's a little bit less dense. So you can just kind of tank your way through it. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was thinking. Claw. I have natural machetes. so uh... You could mostly just push through it. Oh, cool. Okay, yeah. <laughs> just because you have so much <laughs> torque. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Yeah, I was going to ask, do you, do you ride me mostly or do we just walk side by side or like you, I would probably think you would be on point at least because, well, I'm not in charge. I'm not going to, I'm going to let you tank through it, but okay. yes, normally I do not. The only time I ride you is when we both need to be at the same location at the same time, kind of quick. Okay. I don't like riding you so much because I don't, riding you makes me feel like possession or ownership ah. and i don't like that you're not a dog right well and you're not a horse so <laughs> true so i only use it in necessary times by the way can we go back to the hunting lodge for just Are one you, thing you're saying you embarrassed by me yeah, uh, i would say you wouldn't have to go back you could bring it I with just you wanted to bring up the fact that i had to put his arm on way oh right we were getting ready and everything and it was tough squeezing this raw fat into this. Oh. Well, I mean, bears do. I mean, what season is it right now? No more fish for you. Maybe you should be in hibernation. And I was thinking about that. I was like, if this campaign lasts a while, we wound up going through a winter. That's going to be interesting because as far as I understand, rye bears are bears. You know, mm-hmm. That's for they a night maybe that happen to have show up and I'll do a <laughs> one role play, one player. There you go. That <laughs> might, might be the best way to... Yeah, because he will be stuck in a cave. Yeah, I will be. Okay, well, we'll head up to the manor. You come out of the woods onto the border of the manor lands there. Uh, storm is still pouring down, but you can make out the uh, glow of lights, mostly on the porch. There's one set of windows over on one side where you can see a faint glow and uh, you grar can smell the uh, smoke of a wood fire Uh, you can smell the unhappy restless horses the pigs and goats and the fallow fields um, untended for seasons as well as like there's a a smaller garden here a much smaller field that's still in use do i smell that anybody has been here recently No, but that's not surprising given the intensity of the storm. Right, okay. Um, You sensing anything, big guy? No. Okay. Just flowers and things. Okay. Let's circle around the whole property before we go to the front door, just to get a lay of the land. And animals and fire. You know, there's some pigs and goats back there that might turn into a very good meal if we don't find anybody here. Mm. Yum. I know you prefer fish, but sometimes you got to eat some. Well, you were going after a stag, I think. 
but not for food. Oh, you wanted a friend. Save its life. Oh. It's caught in storm. Where did you see the stag? Out by the river when I was getting fish. A stag was one of the symbols we saw on the um, family crest things? Yes, it is. Huh. And is, in fact, the symbol of Aldous. I was going to take him back to our cave, but he ran away. Well, that happens. That was very thoughtful of you. Sovereign's um, finest. As we're walking around, we're kind of talking this. Yes, you are sovereign. Yeah. So you guys are circling the property to try to get the lay of the land, right? Correct. Okay. So yeah, you can see that this was once a quite extensive and probably beautiful place. The carefully tended grounds have been left to grow completely wild the further you get out from the manor house itself the more overgrown they are but it obviously was once landscaped even the fields arranged to good advantage where they would have complemented each other with the crops that are growing there and provided lovely vistas which could be viewed from some of the seating benches and small gardens that are scattered at various vantage points around the area but those are now covered in spreading lichen and moss leaf litter and branches and uh, oh The storm has hit this place hard. Large trees line a road that's between this place and another holding over on the other side. And the trees on this side of the road have been left untrimmed. No one has cut down their boughs And so many of them have toppled over in the storm. Over on the other side of the road, everything is neatly tended to, and the trees have largely stood up to the storm because they've been trimmed back, taken care of. And in some cases, you can see they have been braced for the storm. Over on that side, you can see another set of fields, Another manor house, this one blazing with light, including the porch and the road leading up to it. Fully lit storm lanterns lining the road. You can see many windows blazing with light. All of the chimneys are uh, billowing smoke. And in general, it looks to be in much better repair. Unless you're investigating that, you'd be continuing to check the rest of this territory. What do you think? Should we go check that out or continue to circle? No sign of female. No, no sign of female. No sign of any type of two-legged creature. Uh, Let's go check that out. Other side of road. Okay. So you cross this dividing road here and make your way down the embankment. And immediately you're in, well, someone's fields. Are you just going to... Are you just gonna? Are you just gonna exactly go through and not tromp their poor? Yeah, that's my question. Are you just gonna go tromping across this, or are you gonna make your way around to a connecting road? Oh, how considerate is Gerard? Are are they in use? Yes, 
you went down the side that leads to that other set of well-tended fields yeah. and the manor house that's all fully lit and in good repair. Well, let's find a road that goes down to the manor house that's fully lit and in good repair. Not hard to find because a large section of the road is lit because it's lined with storm lanterns, many of them with colored glass set in. That's the tradition you're supposed to, if you're any kind of noble, and most people do it, even in the city, keep your porch at least lit. And you should keep the road leading up to your house lit so that travelers can find their way in conditions like this. And you're supposed to offer hospitality to people. Uh, It's a custom that started out here and has spread so far and wide that even in the city, people will hang little, often faux lanterns, like carved out of wood. They'll hang those up on their porches. This person, whoever it is, is paying full respect to that tradition. The other place back there at least had their porch lit. You find your way to the road. It is somewhat elevated. It is covered in gravel. And seashells, it looks like. Imported broken seashells. Imported, I mean, as in this is the forest and not the ocean. It's been, like, like, shipped in. (laughs) Um, It winds beautifully through these fields with stately trees placed every so often. These trees have tied around them a braided sash of dyed cloth, from which, in an elaborate knot, hangs a ceramic shield bearing the crest of arms of this house. Again, not one you recognize, but that's not too surprising given how far out this is. And the stag symbol was on the house we're staying in, not this house. Yes. Okay. I have a feeling that's going to be (laughs) important later on. It might be. Yep. That's why I asked if it was in there. So... Remember in the city when we went to a noble's house, how you had to be on your best behavior? I know, I know. There's some lead way here, but until we know these people and who they are, we need to both be on our best behavior. As you're saying that, you hear a watchman's cry. Ahoo! Someone says, Who goes? It is not a challenging question. In fact, there's a... Just let out a big bear. (laughs) (laughs) In fact, there is a note of concern in it. Travelers out at this hour in this kind of weather obviously need help, that voice says. It's okay, my friend. I'm Loki Sinclair of the Sovereign's Finest here checking on you and your own to make sure you're safe and well kept you can see uh, a figure heading this way and some stirring on the porch a woman in oil cloth approaches big tricorner hat creating three waterfalls um <laughs> oil cloth coat buttoned up and pulled up to her nose gloves, boots, galoshes, cape over the oilcloth, and in the fierce wind, she stops for a moment seeing the bear and then continues. You guys have to shout to hear each other even at close proximity. Instead of speaking, she gestures with one big gloved hand for you to follow her. Remember, we stay on our best behavior. Clomp, clomp, clomp. And I'll follow her. 
She leads you through the pools of light. A couple of other similarly dressed people. They've all got a pin, you notice. It's tooled leather, but it's brightly colored on their oilcloth capes there, showing the same crest of arms that was on the trees. Once you're under the covered porch and in some kind of shelter, the woman pulls the part of the oilcloth that was covering her mouth down and says, Are you alone? Just the two of us. Oh, good. She uh, nods to someone else who it looks like was getting ready to like saddle a horse and go off on a rescue mission. Ah, uh, no, no, just me and my friend here. Uh, One of the rye folk, she says, and gives a nod. We're honored to have the Sovereign's finest. Oh, well, we're honored to find you in such a storm, doing well, and doesn't look like you need any help. Looks like you're ready to help those in need. She laughs and uh, says, well, you are Sovereign's finest, aren't you? I'd heard yeah. stories. <laughs> Only the Sovereign's Finest would ask a question like that on a night like this when you're the ones out in the storm. Oh, we had a nice traveler's lodge we were staying in. We had Um, fish. She looks surprised and says, oh, well, very good. Uh, I'm I'm glad you are fed, but uh, doubtless you are tired and hungry. Uh, Please, uh, you can... uh, she looks over at the guy who earlier she had nodded to, and uh, he nods. We can uh, take you to uh, the stables aren't much, I'm afraid, but uh, we'll do what we can. It's just um, you, uh, a good citizen, uh, Rye Bear, are uh, um, a little larger than the guests we are normally accustomed to accommodating. Are the stables dry? They are indeed, she says with a smile. Me lady, that's all I ask. Before I take your hospitality, though, I do need to know your name. I'm Jeanne, a uh, humble servant of the Marquis Bura, whose lands you are on. Starting? J-I-A-N. J-I-A-N. Well, well met, and I will pass word of such hospitality from strangers. It is good in this world, but there are still people like yourself out there helping those in need. We will definitely enjoy the stables. Well, then uh, come this way. She gives a few other orders, and shortly you are settled down in the cleanest, warmest, driest stables you have ever seen. Good cave. Gord, didn't they say that the stables weren't much? There's people in that live in much worse conditions. Yes, very good cave. Oh, please, you flatter us. There's a groom here, there's a couple stable hands, and in short order, you are dried, or at the very least given towels with which to dry yourself. <laughs> yeah, I think I'll dry myself. a hot bath is being drawn. Oh, no. Food has been set out on some very nice tables, which they apologize for. (laughs) Grar, I'm thinking that hot bath is not for you. I don't think you'd fit in that tub. We could prepare something if you like, Citizen Rybear. No. I understand, she says. She clearly doesn't. She has no idea how to deal with you and is just (laughs) defaulting to general polite behavior. (laughs) 
Well, she can hear me, which is something that uh, it's okay. I have a hard time. Or is that cause? Is that no? Cause? That's how that works. Okay, so everybody can hear him. It's not. Yeah, just... she clearly was not expecting that. Okay. didn't even know that was a thing. Well, good it's for me to know you... because I was thinking it was just him. I mean, luckily we haven't come up with any situation where it mattered. Your so. bond with him is a much closer thing where you guys can sense where each other are. You know when one is in trouble. You have a general okay. idea what the other one is up to. Or parabatai. Right. But as far as the thoughts, I yeah, project if everybody. you communicate with someone, you can do it. You can also just quietly talk with him. Oh, yeah. okay. Oh, I get to pick. Okay, cool. Mm-hmm. All right. So we don't want to wear out our welcome. We'll just stay the evening. Um, no, please uh, stay as long as you like. The marquier has been notified of your arrival, and I expect we'll be here shortly. Oh, okay. So we shouldn't fall asleep right away. We're pleased to have such honored guests. Oh, no, please. Uh, you must be tired. If you prefer to rest, I'm sure that the marquier would prefer that you do so. He only would wish to attend upon you to reflect the honor that a visit from the Sovereign's Finest is. That's good, because I don't want to insult anybody at all. So yeah. I, I think s- I'm going to take a hot bath. I won't need any help with that. And I'll just curl up and have the, probably the best sleep I've had in a long time. Well, before we cut away, uh, he just says to Lokai, ask about mate. We can do that tomorrow. Oh, okay. I'm surprised you're not saying she could be my mate. Stop with the mate stuff. Joke gets old. Very good. If there's anything further you require, she indicates it looks like the stable hands actually have quarters here in the stable. They've got a little loft area up above the stable. They're at the far end. This stable is, it's not quite an aircraft hangar, but like it's big. You could easily fit two dozen horses in here and it would be a big luxurious stable for them. Wow. There's individual stalls and, you know, nice. all that other, well, there's stalls in almost any they stable. They have you know, blankets and. <laughs> yeah, Exactly. I get you. And they're here because of the storm to keep an eye on the horses and keep them calm. So if you require anything, let them know. And uh, they'll tell the housemen. I do have one question before we retire. Of course, anything. Um, There was another manor house down the road. And the fields around it were not producing. And it looks like they've been in bad repair. The manor house didn't look all that great. You know the place I'm talking about? Ah, uh, yes. You mean our uh, our neighbors, the Aturins. Uh They've uh, fallen on hard times, and uh, the Marquier Burra has taken them in as clients. Uh, yeah, this is a difficult region for people uh, to live in, and uh, they have not been as fortunate as we have. Well, that is good that you're helping them. If you don't mind, maybe send word that we'd like to meet with them also sometime tomorrow. Maybe we can give them some assistance. I do have a very big, strong bear that would be glad to help them. Of course, it will be arranged. Great. Thank you very much. That's all I have. She leaves, leaving you guys with a modest feast, which includes an entire wheel of cheese the size of a steering wheel. (laughs) Well, it was the size of a steering wheel, and so the bear got a hold of it. (laughs) I'm lucky if I get anything. A ham? Oh, God. You could have the cheese. Shoot. Yep. I knew that was coming. (laughs) (laughs) 
several bottles of wine. Several bottles of wine. There's hothouse fruit, local berries. Just, you know, it's a rustic feast, but a feast nonetheless. Well beyond what we've had in a long time. Yeah, not since leaving Marquis Artian's place. Excellent. Well, I will enjoy the feast. I will even take some of the cheese over and eat it while I'm in the bathtub. Ooh, decadence. A little bit of wine. Since she's not here... You totally fall asleep in the tub for like... I'm going to drink right out of the It's all pruny. I was going to say, you fall asleep in the tub for like 10 seconds. (laughs) You you just... You like, you have some wine, you have some cheese, you're sitting in hot water, you're like, whoa, I fell asleep. Oh, this is so good. Why do we travel again? (laughs) And then I'll get out and go dry myself off and go to bed. And the storm is still raging outside? Yes. Okay. Though it's starting to die off at this point. Well, if it dies off to a degree that makes this feasible, I'm going to go outside and bathe in the nearby river, get the mud off my fur. Oh, yeah. There's a stream that goes through this property. It's canalized. You know, it's been enclosed and tamed, basically, turned into a canal. And there's a mill house, not... The Simpsons character. <laughs> I almost said something and then I thought better of it. And then you said that. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, so that, so that means there also is a mill pond. Perfect for bathing in. Okay. Well, then I will do that and get myself more presentable. I just didn't like the idea. I don't like when humans bathe me, but I understand. Got to be clean. And attendant, a young boy, almost a man, like he's 12. You know, like in this world, you're an adult at like 14. (laughs) Yeah. As in you're ready to assume legal responsibilities if need be. (laughs) Have children of your own. I mean, depending on the region, there's less of that in the cosmopolitan regions of all this because life is much easier. But, you know, so he's been entrusted as your personal attendant, it would seem, because he just shadows you out there. Asks if there's anything you require, Citizen Rybear. Uh, no, but do you want fish? He says, uh, thank you, I've eaten already. And then he just waits politely in the pouring rain. Oh, jeez. <laughs> He's got yeah. foul weather gear on. Okay. But, you know, he just stands there like a young Alfred, <laughs> waiting on the world's largest Bruce Wayne. Okay, I make a point of shaking in the opposite direction of him when I go Yeah, to- you climb out to, like, shake off. And then uh, fully bathed and uh, well-fed, you guys are in a nice warm barn with blankets. And at one point while he was out there, beds were brought out to you guys. Wow. <laughs> okay. That's got to be a big bed for you. Yeah. No, they just brought out a normal-sized bed. It was like two guests, two beds. You know, like a different <laughs> crew heard about this. And then they were like, oh. <laughs> well... First, I lay on it, my head's drooping off the side, so I go and kind of just scrunch up a little and put my head on my big paws and do the kind of sea ball thing, and it's still not quite. <laughs> so, unfortunately, but they that bring out the third one, to... and oh, that okay. one is just right. <laughs> <laughs> no. Yeah, these beds, uh, they apologize. These are like, you know, overflow from the guest quarters for when visitors bring their own help these are the beds that are stored for that 
they've been beaten and given fresh linens, but they're not truly worthy of the sovereign's finest, and they do apologize. But these are, uh, they're not springs, but maybe you've slept on beds that have curved wooden slats. Is it low enough like to the ground spring? that I could use the bed as a pillow? Yeah, totally. <laughs> Otherwise, he's going to hear all kinds of <laughs> shifting. And... I'd like to give you a fate point to see if the bed holds up through the night. No. <laughs> With his head, I think it'll be fine. Yeah, yeah. Also, this has got a woven surface underneath, like thick woven, like a deck chair, but, you know, made out of leather. And then a horsehair mattress and a goose down comforter on there. I'll try not to get too much drool on the bed. <laughs> Hey, man, my first thought was I'm treating him too much like a dog. But if you're a furred animal with jaws and you're going to, you know, there are certain things that are just common. The shaking thing and the drool thing is probably to a degree there as well. And that, I think, is where we will leave our heroes ready to start an investigation, it sounds like, and maybe help out some less fortunate neighbors next time. Yeah, that sounds good. I do have a few questions about the rules. Okay, what have you got? I How may or may not have the in? answers for you. Maybe I don't remember. How does fatigue play in? Um, I'm sure they have some rules for it, although okay. I didn't see any. I'm mostly going to handle that as role-playing and ad hoc type stuff. Very good. Very good. Where I would probably just raise the difficulty of some things or just be like, dude, you're just too flat out tired to do that. What do you do instead? That kind of thing. Yeah, that sounds good. I like that. Um, and then I have some things like persona, calling, destiny, fate, corruption, goals. Will that come in play down the line? Yeah, I think so. And I may already have some ideas that are part of what's going on here or may not. I'll try to fold some of that stuff into stories as we move well, on. Somehow I figure I'm going to get a mate at the end of this. <laughs> <laughs> it's so weird because of the, the addiction that you use when you say that. It sounds like an imperative, like you're commanding him to perform an action. Yes, it does. <laughs> <laughs> like, no, I'm still too young. I don't need a mate. <laughs> and uh, real quick before we go, what are your character's plans for next time? What are you guys thinking of doing? Well, we'll meet with the Marquis. Mm-hmm. I would like to meet with the Aturians. Mm-hmm. I would like to probably discuss with both the uh, woman that we ran into mm-hmm. uh, and help out around, you know, I, one thing I really want to know is why one marquee is doing so well and the other one is not. Yeah. So those are the kind of things I'm looking to do. All right. I'm going along with what he wants to do. Now that I know that I could have telepathically talked to the stag and seen if it could understand me, I might keep an eye out for the stag. I mean, I may not see him and I'll assume no news is good news, but I'll look as we do other things. Mm-hmm. See if I can find him. All right. Thanks. I had a good time. Yeah, good session. Yeah, I had a lot of fun. Thanks. Uh, we got back together, and I, uh, it was really good. Yeah, I'm glad we were able to do this. Take yeah. care of yourselves. Yeah, you too. You too. Stay calm. Yeah. 
All right, and that is session number one of our Blue Rose campaign. Hope you enjoyed it. We certainly did. And I'm going to tell you, we've already done session two, and I'm going to get to work right away editing that so we can get that up as quickly as possible so you're caught up for session number three, which is happening in about a week and a half. So be on the lookout for session number two coming soon. And when I say soon, I mean like within the next week or so. So we really want your feedback on this. What you like, what you are hoping for, what you want to see. It's on our Facebook page. That's the best way to give us feedback. We have a Facebook page. Just search for Monkeys Took My Jetpack. Jetpack is one word. Yeah, I know it's actually two, but I didn't know that till after the fact. And I think it's kind of cool as one word. Makes us unique. Monkeys Took My Jetpack. Jetpack is one word. And uh, just do a search for that. Facebook page will come up. And each episode has its own thread. So just leave some comments. And we look forward to hearing from you and responding to said comments. That's going to be a lot of fun. That's something, um, like I said in the beginning, we've been looking, we've, I've been missing a lot. I think the others have too. Will we be able to make good on those plans that we had at the end of session number one? Tune in next time and find out. Until then, this is Blind Geek thanking you for listening to Monkeys Took My Jetpack. And reminding you that your imagination is just like a jetpack. You gotta keep it fired up and always let it soar.